Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a special series of discussions about the biggest political event of this year, the 2016 US presidential election. My name's Freddie Gray and I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. And today we're going to be talking about the second presidential debate, which finished a few hours ago. I'm joined by Matthew Walter, who is the associate editor for the Washington Free Beacon, and he's actually in St. Louis, and he's been speaking to the Trump campaign. The impression here in London is that Trump probably overall won the debate, but the campaign is still in crisis somewhat over the lewd sex-bragging tape that came out on Friday. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, I think both of those things are definitely true. In fact, I I sometimes wonder if Trump didn't blow the first debate on purpose uh, so that he could have this sort of spectacular reality TV sort of reversal tonight. Speaking of of strange reality TV stunts, the extraordinary press conference uh, he put on before the debate, it seems to, to me to have been pretty spectacularly weird, even by Trump's standards. It was very strange, uh, but it was typical of... Uh, Trump and his sort of attention-grabbing tactics, because all these journalists are sitting down trying to find their seats and get ready for the debate, and suddenly they're wondering, what's going on here? What's what's he doing now? Yeah. What were journalists saying at that, at that point? Give us a bit of a sense of what was going on. Well, I think that the sense was that he knew that Hillary Clinton was going to try to go after him for the comments that he made in the leaked audio tape that came out from the Washington Post last week, Mm. and that this was sort of his novelty, bizarre attempt to uh, preempt any criticism that she was going to make. I'm not sure that that quite worked out for him. And I I think he probably overcommitted himself by saying tonight that he never engaged in any of the activities that he talked about and what he dismissed as locker room talk. I wonder if right now journalists are scrambling to see whether uh, they can find someone to come forward and then Clinton can do her own version of that sort of parade and have people come forward and say, well, Trump, maybe he touched me this one time or something. Yeah, he sort of set himself a trap there, you say. Yeah. Another another trap. And after the debate, I tried to talk to um, Stephen Miller on the Trump campaign and ask him about this. And he insisted Hmm. that Trump had never engaged in any of those activities. And so I and another journalist followed up and said, but those activities that you said he didn't engage in, would you say it's fair to describe that as sexual assault? And he was very evasive. He said he shifted from saying, Mm. well, Mr. Trump didn't do any of those things. It was just body talk to, you know, who the real rapist is, Bill Clinton. Yeah. So he said he said he wasn't uh, he didn't do those things, but we're not going to comment on whether he's ever sexually assaulted a woman. Is that that's the sort of line from the Trump campaign? Is it? Well, he said Mr. Trump opposes sexual assault in all forms, which I think are sentiments to which every bosom can return an echo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then in terms of the sort of back and forth of the debate, I mean, once we got through the very bizarre opening phase in which the tape came up, Trump moved on to the offensive with the emails. And did you think his attack on the emails, on Hillary's email scandal, was was better than it was two weeks ago in the first debate? Yes, I think it was much better. What it reminded me of really was the early Republican primary debates where Trump uh, was very effective at bullying people like poor Jeb Bush. Mm. He's good on the offensive. I think that last time he was trying to be sort of staid and professional, but uh, he's much better in this kind of attack mode. Mm. And actually the the sort of pacing of the town hall debate seemed to suit him a bit better because he's not very good at sort of long, cogent arguments. 
and maybe this this format suited him better than a one-on-one in which his sort of inability to keep his own attention span going was exposed. Yeah, I think that this was much better for him, although you could tell even there having to sit, uh, stand there and listen to her talk for two minutes was a little much for him. He'd have to get out from behind the podium and walk around and go back to the podium Yes, uh, in circles. I think he has a very short attention span. Yes, and social media is already having quite a lot of fun with his sort of stalking Clinton and rather creepily behind her. Yeah, not, not the kind of moves you want to be making half an hour after having a debate about rape. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, on other topics, did you think, I mean, on ISIS, on taxes, on, on health care, do you think he got the upper hand on every area? Well, I'm not sure. I think he probably made another major blunder, set another sort of trap for himself when he flatly said that he disagreed with Mike Pence about Syria. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's another thing I. But they hadn't spoken. That they haven't spoken. That's another thing I tried to ask Stephen Miller about. <laughs> I said when he says that they haven't spoken, what does he mean? Spoken uh, about this issue recently? Spoken at all today? What does that mean? Mm. And he said, "Oh, they're in touch. They talk about lots of things." And when I said, "Well, what do they disagree about?" He said, zero. Yeah. But um, this is this is typical Trump stuff where he says something, you ask the campaign about it. Oh, that's not what he meant. That's not what he said. Yeah. So who knows? What do you think will happen in the next few days? And how do you think the sort of spin will go down in the next few days on the debate on both sides? Well, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, Pence had a fundraiser for Trump that was supposed to be in New Jersey tomorrow. And he canceled it over the weekend. Hmm. So I think uh, looking through the rest of the week at Pence's schedule will be interesting to see what happens. It was just reported earlier also that Paul Ryan yes. has actually considered withdrawing his endorsement. I wonder whether Trump's debate performance is going to be enough to prevent further Republicans from withdrawing their endorsement. Yes, that's, I've seen quite a few reports in America of, of people saying he did enough to make sure that he will stop the bleeding, as it were, from the, of Republicans deserting him. But I mean, you think that could carry on? You think Paul Ryan could turn on him? I think it's possible. I think it really depends how he deals with these two sort of trap issues that we've discussed. Mm. If a woman comes forward and says, Donald Trump sexually assaulted me, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Pence left the ticket. Yeah. And and speaking for myself, rightly so, I, what would you do if you were Pence? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> and in, what, in, the, in that circumstance, what happens if a Veep leaves the ticket? What's the formality there what's the procedure i can't um we're in unprecedented waters sort of i mean um as far as the ballots go and of course they've already been printed it doesn't really matter Mm. the candidate can change his mind about that Mm. so practically speaking though yeah it would be a complete it would be a complete disaster who knows who he would scrounge up from the fringes to be his his vice president, should he win, or his running mate for the last few weeks of the campaign. Yeah. And assuming Trump does sort of stagger on through to November the 8th, are we looking now at quite a significant Clinton victory, do you think? Something of a landslide? Or do you think there's still a chance that Trump has tapped into something that nobody quite understands and that we still could have a shock Trump victory on November 8th? I still think that remains a definite possibility. Mm. Early on, you know, I said... I didn't see how Trump could possibly win the Republican nomination because the party was so against him. But that should he secure it, I thought that he had a good chance of winning a general election. Mm. And I still think that, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to a handful of states. The polling there is very tight. 
I don't think people are very enthusiastic about Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to get people to go to the polls to vote against someone as opposed to, you know, for a candidate. I don't think that her turnout operation is strong. So I think it's just possible that in some place like Ohio, Florida, he could uh, slip by her. Do you think do you think Clinton did well tonight? I mean, obviously, she benefits from Republicans who or Republican leaning voters who just can't bear Trump. But do you think she did enough tonight to win over undecided people or people who are reluctant to support her? You know, it's really hard to say. I mean, one of the things that Trump has done so well all along is make the campaign about him. You know, walking away from this debate tonight, it's hard for me to remember much of anything that she said, except in their sort of nasty back and forth as far as message or policy statements from her. You know, she said sort of vague feel-good things like, America is great because it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I, I'm just not sure that's what people are taking away from this. Yes. And, and there was a few sort of soppy statements about children. And she did a bit of kind of walking towards people who were asking questions and sort of imitation of Bill Clinton. Do you think that works now? Or are people so cynical about the Clintons that they think, oh, that's just another politician being spinning and, du- and dubious again. Yeah, I don't think that she does that sort of thing very well. I actually think she's at her best and was certainly at her best tonight when Trump is sort of vaguely talking about his foreign policy and saying that he disagrees with his own running mate, while she, on the other hand, is very serious and concrete about details and facts. Yeah. I think she's best in this kind of expert mode. Whether, whether her expertise is uh, worthwhile or her positions are any good is another question, but she certainly sounds serious. And lastly, Trump whined quite a lot about the bias of the moderators. But for, for me, I thought actually he had, a, he had a fair point in that even though Anderson Cooper tried to ask tough questions of both of them, Martha Radatz, is that how you pronounce her surname? She was quite clearly very biased against Trump. And when he was talking about Aleppo, she seemed to just completely lose her rag at one point. And, and it really did feel like this was a moderator who was not neutral. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, I definitely got that impression. Uh, I don't think that she did nearly as good a job as Anderson Cooper did. Hmm. But I think that having a biased moderator actually works well for Trump. I mean, this is the kind of thing... Uh, where at his next rally, he can go before the audience and said, oh, and I did a great job and everybody said I won, even though the moderators were biased against me. Yeah, yeah. We could uh, be it sh- just plays into his hand in a way. We could be sure he'll do that. All right, Matthew, thank you very much indeed. I, I think that's all we've got time for. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes anytime now.